0: Episode 22, how to make family holiday gatherings fun. Yay, holidays! The thought alone is enough to stress out many. When you have a special needs loved one, it can even be more challenging. Therefore, this episode is how to make family holiday gatherings a fun experience for your special needs kids and the rest of the family, including you. It will help prevent getting the look from your sister when your kid stops playing with her kids and grabs his iPad. It can help making your mom understand why all her grandkids can show up in matching outfits and sit at a decked dining table eating for two hours everything they're served, while your kids could only show up wearing her Superman costume, only eats hot dogs and leaves after she's finished. It can even help reduce the amount and severity of tantrums your kid throws. And last but not least, it will help you not having that constant feeling of being a failure because everyone seems to have such a well-behaved family expect you. This year, you'll finally be able to enjoy the holidays, tantrums and annoying family members and all. Okay. Supermoms, to be honest, I'm kind of glad for COVID-19. It's like this year we got a Monopoly's get-out-of-jail-for-free card in regard to saying no to gatherings. No pressure whatsoever, no traveling, no disappointed looks from mother-in-laws, no fulfilling expectations you can't meet to begin with. You know, my Wonderboy is totally happy he can stay in his bubble and doesn't have to join in, you know, whatever, because... uh, the family says it's a fun activity, while he doesn't see that at all. You know, and I don't feel pressured to apologize and explaining all the time, so yay! That being said, I'm actually doing way better with family holidays now than say 10 years ago. I learned not only what was best for my kids and stick to my ground, but also how to handle expectations. And that's the key in this. It really comes down to that. Handle and manage expectations. Not only your families, but also your own expectations and your kids. And You do that by preparing, educating and laying down the rules and stick to them. I will show you how to do so by the following top 3 holiday stress factors for most families, namely travel, family and staying overnight. So the first example um, I want to help you with is travel. I already mentioned these tips in episode 19, by the way, but it's a great reminder. Traveling can be brutal, especially with young or overactive kids or kids that are really set in their ways. So therefore, when traveling, it can also really help if you handle expectations upfront. Talk about how long it will take. And translate that to their normal day. I mentioned in an early episode. That my son has no sense of time. Every time. We we, we are in a car for like 30 minutes. Even after 16 years. Even after we've been traveling. The same route to my parents. Over and over again. After half an hour he's like. So how long will it take from this point on? Are we in Amsterdam yet? Are we passing by that and that point yet? And you're like. Seriously? So what can really help is translate the travel time to a normal day, a normal day routine. So traveling to grandma can take as long as you waking up, having breakfast, go to school, do sports, go to therapy, have dinner. All that, it takes that long and it kind of makes it click or stick better. So try to make it visual you know, use your time timer even, uh, and, you know, use the time timer or a stopwatch on a regular day before you travel, just turn it on saying, you know, it will take about, say, eight hours, and it can actually tell them, you know, during the day, especially if traveling will take a long time or even more than a day, now, it can help them, show them, Oh, I've been playing with my friend, I've been going to school, I went to the hospital. Oh, wow, and that's the time on my time timer is still not done. So, okay, travel is long or, you know, maybe travel short if you're lucky. Second tip, take your time. If the schedule is tight and you get stressed, your kid gets stressed as well. So allow yourself that extra hour on the airport or three hours extra when taking the car so you can stop along the way and maybe, you know, take a hike if the energy needs to get out, you know, or enjoy a fun meal somewhere or two. Or when bribery, serious bribery is needed, travel from toy store to toy store. Seriously, if you need to travel for two days, it's totally fine. What can also really help is... Let them bring whatever they want on a trip, as long as it fits in the car, of course. So don't worry about the Lego pieces all over the car, the ten stuffed animals, and the tea set your daughter wants to bring. Thing is, their favorite toys can also really help distract. And it, you know, if they do something they really like, time goes faster. And you know, this goes for their favorite movie, CD, or audiobook as well. If they have, like, you know, a phone or a recording device and they can listen to music and they want to listen to, uh, I don't know, their favorite Disney tunes over and over again, if that makes them happy, just, you know, you will be as too, as well. So, an example uh, from our days, we always uh, let our kids, whenever they were younger, bring a pack uh, a travel bag themselves. And it's a little bit smaller now, but when they were younger, you know, my daughter had three bags stuffed with um, animals, stuffed animals, of course. Uh, and my wonder boy always wanted and still wants to bring Lego. And we always fussed, especially about the Lego, because, you know, pieces could get lost. It wouldn't be easy to build something in the car, but he didn't see the problem. And it really helped because it kept his restless, restless hands busy and it kept his mind occupied, and to be honest, seriously, you can clean a car afterwards. It will, If it will help your kid relax and you have the space, bring it along. So prepare, so talk about time, try to make it visible so they kind of understand, but also allow yourself some time in between. So you traveled. Then comes the biggest challenge. Dealing with the family. You know, but here as well, it's all about managing expectations. So before you're there, tell your family what stresses you out, what triggers your kids, you know, what you need to bring resilience, you know, what you need to have a happy kids what your kids needs to basically function and it goes without saying your kids your rules you know there's this popular thing going you know if you're at grandma's grandma's rules apply yeah sometimes yes sometimes no especially if you have a kid that really benefits from really clear rules stick to them there's no room for discussion there, but you do need to educate your family on the why and how to. You know, and nowadays I set the rules before arriving. I will tell them how my kid is feeling, what stressed him or her out, so what kind of mood he's already in or she is in and what they need to calm down and feel safe and loved. You now, if you constantly have that feeling as a small kid that you're too loud or, or yeah, not playing nicely and that's the only thing you hear, you will act up. And nowadays uh, I figured out or found out that my kids really, really need their downtime. You know, my, my daughter really physically, because of her uh, juvenile arthritis, my son mentally needs a break. So, at my parents', we assigned room for downtime. And I we're really strict on that. When my kids need a long time, they can be in that room by themselves. So, it doesn't mean watching a movie with five tiny little cousins. Oh, but they will, will be quiet and oh, they only want to cuddle. N- no. Downtime means downtime only by themselves their rules and not some you know "Ah, maybe we can do this or maybe we can do that no we're really strict we we learned the hard way what worked and what didn't work i also tell my family that if they have a question or don't know how to handle something come to me first i will explain I will tell them them what's going on or why a kid behaves the way he or she does. You know, of course my parents have been around my kids now for a long time and my kids do relax most of the time at my parents' place. Um, But especially with family that don't interact with my kids that often, you know, two, three times a year, that's not often. They really don't know your kid. They really don't know uh, the needs uh, of your kid. So stick to your rules. But when dealing with your family, you need to educate your kid as well from an early age on. And of course, it depends on the level of IQ and the age and the special needs. But you can still help them uh, prepare and educate them. You know, take them through the day beforehand, repeatedly if necessary. You know, how opening the presents is going to be like at uh, your grandparents' uh, house. You know, for instance, that grandpa will handle handing out the presents, that they can't pick it out themselves, uh, that there will be a nicely decorated Christmas uh, table, and that grandma really put her effort in. So, you know, your kids should compliment your mom, for instance, because your mom, for your mom, is really important. So that has to be made clear for your kids as well. Uh, and it also helps your kids understand, even when they're three or four or five years old, that they should at least sit down for so many bites each and every course, for instance. Also tell them that when they feel overwhelmed, that's totally okay. That they can come to you if so, so you can help them. And maybe this can, you know, really, really help, especially if you have a, a, a bigger family and l- there's a lot going on and your kid is nonverbal, for instance. Now, well, come up with a signal toy or a signal word. You now, give them a stuffed animal that helps show people that they are stressed out when they hold it and need downtime or need help or something. Um, So if they can't get the words out, grandma can see because they hold, you know, for instance, a, a stuffed elephant, that they can't cope anymore. And the earlier you start with this, the earlier your family not only sees the signals, not only sees how often or not, or when situation gets out of control and when a tantrum for instance starts, it will help them manage and uh, it will help you even relax a bit. Because if you tell your family, you know, we have a, a signal <laughs> stuffed animal that my kid will grab when they're tired or cranky or feel overwhelmed. Your family will see it as well and they will be like, oh. Wait, something's going on. Maybe I can do something or help something. And, you know, if they're a bit older, maybe you can agree that your kids, you know, at least has to do one activity or take actively part in, you know, one thing with their cousins uh, for an hour or something. And reward them if they did that. And it really takes a lot of effort. Okay. Okay. You know, I have to be honest, with time comes experience, knowledge, and confidence. Not wanting to control everything, (laughs) that's a huge thing here. (laughs) Letting go a bit, still working on that. But, you know, my kids don't have to socialize with their cousins all the time anymore. You know, my son can bring his computer. If he plays Minecraft, because that's his thing, it actually calms his mind. And I don't care about the comments of my family anymore. And I will stop them even if they keep continue. But it's also, you know, what I said, uh, experience and time. And uh, especially when your kids are a little bit older and you've known the diagnosis for a longer time, but even shorter, you know, trust your gut, trust your in- instinct, you're doing fine. You know what's best for your kids. You know, if your kid is calm, you will be calm and it will be a much more pleasant situation for everybody. So that brings me to stress factor number three, staying overnight at family. You know, it sounds fun and I've mentioned this in an earlier episode as well, but for most kids, special needs or not, staying over, they find this a bit stressful. Because it's a strange house, strange noises, strange smells in our know, annoying cousins. And to make this experience less scary, uh, managing expectations can also do the trick for both your kids as well as the family uh, you're going to stay over with. Talk about, for instance, what can be expected. Who sleeps where? Uh, Ask your parents or siblings if they can send a picture of the room your kid is going to stay in. Uh, Ask them if your kid can perhaps say what he or she uh, needs or would like to see in the guest room. Talk with your kid about for how long the overnight stay will be. You know, when you will leave. Uh, Is it going to be one night or two nights? What are you going to do in between? And if they're really stressed out. Let your kids, you know, if you have the room in your car or on the plane, bring the stuffed animals they need. Or let them bring their own quilt, their own pillow. And maybe even let them uh, sleep together with you in the same room. Or even in your bed. Especially if if you have a tiny one. And also inform your family Of any routine that is needed, any routine, nightly routine you have and your kid needs to fall asleep. Maybe also remind them, you know, that super sweet idea of decorating your guest room with dolls and bears is, you know, however sweet, not a great idea at all because your kid freaks out with all the staring dolls and animals. And let's be honest, who isn't scared of animal, stuffed animals or creepy dolls that are a hundred years old? Yeah, it's really special that your your mama or your grandma used to play with that doll, but now it's just a really creepy porcelain doll. So just not also don't lock it up in the in the in the cupboard because all those monster stories start under a bed or in a cupboard or anything. So take any. Uh, stuffed animals or toys that your kid finds scary, uh, take them out of the guest room. You know, for one night it will be fine. So, are you ready? Want to enjoy the holidays? Manage expectations. Prepare, educate, and lay down rules for your kids, your family, your spouse, yourself. Talk educate, listen, help each other by showing what is needed for your special needs loved one to really enjoy and participate in the holidays. Because your kid's happy, you happy. For now, stay sane and stay happy until our next virtual glass of wine. Nadine. My fellow supermoms, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe. Let me know what you think and tag me on Instagram at Nadine van Leer. And you might win the monthly one-hour special needs supermom coaching session. Stay sane and stay happy. Until the next glass of wine.